Good morning. Uh, welcome to the morning service at Beckles Baptist Church today. Uh, my name is uh, Roger Prime and I'm taking the service while both of our pastors are on holiday this week. And uh, we trust and pray that they'll be refreshed while they're away. And if you're on holiday and joining us uh, in the area or they're not able to come into the church, it's good that you can share with us in the online service. For the boys and girls, there will be a worksheet uh, for you to have to uh, work on, which does fit in a little bit with the theme of what I'm going to be speaking to the grown-ups about. Let's commence our service with some verses from Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Well, we thank God that we come to one who is full of compassion and mercy and abounding in love. Let's come to him in prayer as we commence our time together. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are indeed a God of mercy and of grace, a God of abounding love, a God of compassion and kindness. We thank you that in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have dealt with our sin, that as far as the east is from the west, our sin is removed from us for all who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour. We thank you that you don't treat us as our sins deserve. Father, we just thank you for such love and such mercy. And we pray that as we come to worship you this morning, that we may do so in the assurance that we are accepted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that by your spirit, you will draw near to us and meet with us in our service that in hymns that are sung, in reading of your word, and in the ministry of your word, that by your spirit you will come and meet with us, and you will bless each one of our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now we're going to listen to a hymn that's been sung, um, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Uh, you can sing it at home and join in, or you can uh, um, listen to it quietly and in your hearts worship God as we listen to this lovely hymn reminding us of the depth of the Father's love uh, towards us.
you, Conrad. Having sung about the Father's love towards us, we're now going to have a children's talk in which Beth is going to talk to the children uh, of, about the Lord Jesus Christ and one of the famous I am sayings uh, that the Lord Jesus uses in his gospel. I am the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine. Let's have a look at a vine. Look at this lovely plant. Isn't it lovely? This here is called the stem or the vine and this thick bit, it, the thick vine runs all the way up and leads on to the branches. Now, the vine is the important part of the plant because it sucks up all the goodness from the soil there and it sucks it up and brings it right up to the branches. Now, if I was to pull this branch off, cut it off, it wouldn't be able to live because it needs to be connected to the vine to live. Jesus says, I am the vine. And if you'd call yourself a Christian, then we are called the branches. And we need to be connected to Jesus, the vine, like this branch is connected, because he is the source of our life. He gives us a really good life. And if we cut this branch off, um, it would die. And if we weren't connected to Jesus, we wouldn't have the life that Jesus would want us to have. So how do we stay connected to Jesus? Well, we read the Bible, we go to church and meet with other Christians, and we talk to Jesus by praying. And then we can become a healthy branch like this one. Now, if we stay connected to Jesus by reading our Bible, by praying, and by meeting with other Christians, then we will be a healthy branch. And the Bible says we will produce fruit can you see there there's a little raspberry on this raspberry plant now the bible doesn't mean that we'll start producing actual fruit you're not going to start growing raspberries out of your ears don't worry what it means is that we will start behaving like jesus we will be loving and kind and patient and lots of other things like that so let's stay connected to jesus as we read our Bibles, as we talk to Jesus by praying and as we meet with other Christian friends and we will be really healthy branches and we will produce good fruit. We will behave like Jesus. We'll be loving and kind and patient and lots of other behaviours that Jesus is like. Thanks Beth for that uh, talk sharing uh, with the boys and girls this morning. Uh, our Bible reading this morning is taken from Psalm 18, uh, which we're going to be taking a bird's eye view of much of this psalm, uh, but I've picked out three sections to be read as part of our Bible reading, and Morris Keatley is doing the reading for us, and he will introduce each of the sections of the psalm as he reads through them. If you've got a Bible, it would be good to, to grab one uh, and uh, to follow through. If you want to pause while you find one, then do that so that you can follow through the reading as Morris brings it to us now. The, the reading of God's Word is from Psalm 18, beginning at verse 1. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, 
and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me, the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me, the cords of the grave coiled around me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called to the Lord, I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice, my cry came before him into his ears. Now, moving down until as far as verse 16, we shall recommence at 16. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To the blameless you show yourself blameless. To the pure you show yourself pure. But to the devious you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet, so that my ankles do not give way. Now, moving down and recommencing at verse 46. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God my Saviour. He is the God who avenges me, 
who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man you rescued me. Therefore I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. Thanks be to God. We're going to listen to another hymn before we come to listen to God's word. And it's a hymn that asks God to speak to us through his word. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you. Uh, may God use this hymn to help prepare our hearts to receive his word.
Let's pray together now as we come to God's word this morning. Father, as we turn to the scriptures now, we pray that you will speak to our hearts. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. There are times when all of us may find ourselves looking back on our lives and reflecting on the experiences that we have passed through. It may be we reach a particular milestone in our birthdays and we take the opportunity to look back and reflect on uh, uh, earlier years in our lives. It may be that we come through a particularly difficult time and having come through that time, we look back and reflect upon the experiences that we have gone through. Perhaps we meet with an old friend uh, and we spend time reminiscing and looking back to earlier days when we perhaps were uh, able to be um, together, maybe an old college friend, an old school friend, an old workmate, uh, and we reflect and reminisce uh, on life. Uh, Perhaps we reach a crossroads in life. Uh, We change jobs. We move to a new area. We reach retirement age. So many occasions that may cause us to look back and reflect upon our lives. Uh, Such times of reflection can be a a mixture of emotions. There can be joy, there can be thankfulness, there can be sorrow, there can be regret. This morning we come to look together at Psalm 18, a psalm in which David looks back on the experiences of his life but in particular to see these experiences in the light of God's dealings with him. You'll notice the introduction at the top of Psalm 18 sets the scene. It's a psalm that David sang to the Lord uh, when the Lord delivered him from the hands of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. There are two uh, focuses here, two perspectives that David sees. One is that he's looking back to his younger days before he was king Uh, when God had chosen him and had been anointed by Samuel, but he was uh, pursued by Saul who sought to destroy his life. Uh, And David looks back on those years, and then he looks back upon the years that he had as king when he was leading the nation of Israel. And they were surrounded by uh, uh, countries, uh, peoples that were hostile to them, that at times would attack uh, the nation of Israel, and God helped and used David to defend uh, the people of God uh, as uh, king and leader of uh, the nation. This psalm is actually recorded not just here, but also in the second book of Samuel. And in 2 Samuel chapter 22, we find that it was sung by David as he was coming towards the end of his life. And David is looking back over his life. He's looking back, yes, to those early years Uh, when he was saved from the hands of Saul, but he's also looking back to the years of his uh, kingship when he had led the people and they had been delivered from the hands of uh, their enemies. And as David looks back and reflects upon uh, God's dealings with him over the years in the varied circumstances, there is a sense in which David is looking back in awe, looking back with a sense of wonder and amazement at the way that God has uh, been with him. 
And perhaps David sums up that sense of, of awe that he, that he feels and that he expresses in the, in the first two verses that we will look at in a moment. But maybe David expresses that sense of awe as he comes to the middle of the psalm and in verse 30, he says this, As for God, his way is perfect. As for God, his way is perfect. David looks back on God's dealings with him throughout his life. He looks back upon the goodness and the kindness and the graciousness of God in his dealings with him. There is a sense in which David may not always have seen that at the time when he was passing through uh, difficult uh, circumstances. And yet now as he looks back, it is with that sense of awe and of gratitude and thanksgiving to God. That word that's translated perfect there is a word that could be translated blameless. Uh, and David looks back and he sees that God has been blameless in the way that he has dealt with him and led him throughout the experiences of life. Yes, there were times when David went through dark and difficult experiences. Times when he doubtless felt confused and perplexed. But as he looks back, he sees that God was blameless in the way that God had been dealing with him. His way, says David, is perfect. And this sense of awe comes out in the opening two verses of the psalm, where David says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. There are four words that David uses there to, to sum up God's dealings with him that I want to take hold of this morning and we're going to use those as the, as the headings for our, our message as we look at God's word today. David says, God is my shield. Then he says, God is my salvation. God is my strength. God is my stronghold. And it seems to me that in looking at this psalm and, and seeing the way that David is looking back and reflecting on God's dealings with him, that they sum up really what David has to say to us, that which is causing him to have this sense of awe and of gratitude, of wonder, as he thinks of God's uh, dealings with him. Now, of course, our circumstances and experiences in life will be very different from those uh, of David. Like David, we will know experiences where we may be puzzled and perplexed, wondering why God is leading us down a particular path, wondering why God has caused this to happen in our lives. There will be times of joy and times of testing. But as we look at David and the way that he looked back on God's dealings with him, I believe we too can look back through that same focus, as it were, on God's dealings with us, uh, and I trust that as we do so, that we may be able to reflect in some way that sense of awe that David had when he says, as for God, his way is perfect. So in the opening part of this psalm, uh, David, I believe, reflects on this fact that God is my shield. And you find that word used in verse 2, but you'll see that it's used in other parts of the psalm uh, as well. We've got used to the idea of shielding today with uh, having to live under the threat of the um, coronavirus pandemic. Uh, we, we've learned what it is to, to be shielding in our homes and to be locked down in our homes. 
We've learned, we're learning what it is to, to put masks on when we go out into the shops and when we go out into public. We're used to seeing in the shops the, um, the assistants behind screens and they're being shielded from us and we're being shielded from them. We're used to seeing medical staff wearing um, shielding gowns and shields and masks and so on. And it reminds us of the importance of being shielded and protected from danger. There's nothing new in this idea. David uses this picture of God being a shield to protect him in times of difficulty and danger. Just look at these verses. Verse 3. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I've been saved from my enemies. Look at verses 5 and 6. David talks about the cords of death that entangle him, the torrents of destruction overwhelming him, the cords of the grave coiling around him. In my distress, I called to the Lord, I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. God is his shield, protecting him from uh, the, the dangers and the difficulties from death. In verse 16, David talks about how God reached down and drew him out of deep waters. When David thought that he was drowning in his experiences, God rescued him. And in verse 28, uh, David uses another image there. He says, you Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. When all was dark, when David thought that the, the lamp of his life was, was burning low, God turned his darkness into light. God is a shield protecting David. Now, of course, the idea of God being a shield doesn't mean that David uh, is protected from facing difficult experiences. There were dark and difficult times. There were days when David was discouraged and days when he was downcast. God doesn't promise that we won't have to face trials and difficulties in our lives. But God is a shield to protect his people through the dangers and the dark and difficult times in life. Uh, and uh, the verses that go on from verse 6 through to, to verse 19 in, in a dramatic way portray some of the ways in which God shielded his servant David. But I want to turn just for a moment to Psalm uh, 34. Because there in Psalm 34, we notice at the, the head of the psalm that it is a psalm that was uh, written when David had to pretend to be insane before Abimelech when um, he was, um, had to flee to the land of the Philistines to escape from Saul, and in the land of the Philistines he is recognised and uh, he feels that uh, his life is in danger. Abimelech is, is uh, threatening him, uh, and uh, David has to pretend to be insane in order to escape. But notice what David says in um, verse 7. He says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Even in those circumstances, David saw God round him like a shield. The angel of the Lord is an expression that is used at times in the Old Testament to describe a pre-incarnate appearance of the second person of the Trinity. Uh, and David, having spoke about God as his shield, I believe here is telling us how it is that God shields him, uh, that the Lord himself encamps around David uh, to protect him and to deliver him in a place and in a time of, uh, of danger. And David felt secure. 
Going back to, to Psalm 18, you'll notice there in um, verse uh, 30 that David says this, he shields all who take refuge in him. David is not just writing about his own experience here, he's writing this psalm and singing this psalm to encourage God's people. And he says he shields all who take refuge in him. David's experience was not unique. That all who take refuge in God, all whose faith and trust is in the Lord, find that he is a shield to them. So it is that whilst our experiences may be vastly different from those of David, uh, there will be times when we face difficulty, times when we face danger, times when darkness seems to come in all around us, times of despair. These may come through sickness or, or bereavement. It may come through uh, unemployment, through financial worries, through broken relationships. These are all experiences that, uh, that can uh, bring us to be downcast. But uh, just as David was able to say, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. So God, as it were, camps around us as his people. Uh, in the, the letter to the Hebrews, uh, we read God's promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. There is God with us every day, every moment, in every situation, in every circumstance. God is there with us to shield us and to protect us. So the Apostle Paul, when um, at the end of his life he stood on trial before Caesar, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, said as he went to trial before Caesar, everyone deserted me. And yet, he says, the Lord stood by my side. And even when everyone else had gone, God was there by his side protecting him. And God is that shield who is with us to protect us in all the experiences of life. One of the ways that God shields us, I believe, through the, uh, the different experiences of life is the promise that is made to us in the letter to the Philippians where we read, The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There it is, the peace of God like a shield. The peace of God guarding us, keeping us, keeping our hearts and minds at rest through the difficult experiences of life. God's peace is a shield to keep our hearts and minds uh, at rest. And we thank God that still today we can say God is my shield. Uh, the Lord also gives us Hope as a shield too in the experiences of life. Paul writing to the Romans says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. You see, because we have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be patient to endure through times of tribulation and difficulty. And of course the greatest danger that we face, as it was the greatest danger that David faced, was that of death itself. But the scriptures assure us that for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord shields us through those um, days uh, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Lord, the shepherd, walks with us through that valley and death becomes the gateway to eternal life. So God is a shield even in that dark valley. But secondly, David speaks about God is my salvation. 
Uh, verse 2, God is the horn of my salvation. God is the strength of my salvation. David sees his salvation coming from the Lord. And this is reflected in verses 20 uh, through to um, verse uh, 27. And yet, you know, as you look at those verses, you might feel a sense of surprise as you read what's there. Just listen to some of these words. Uh, Verse um, 20, the Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. I have kept the ways of the Lord. I'm not guilty of turning from my God. It almost seems as if David is saying that his relationship with the Lord depends upon what he has done, the way that he has lived his life. He's dealt with me according to my righteousness, the cleanness of my hands. I'm not guilty of turning from my God. And we have to say, but hang on a second. If we were to go back to the second book of Samuel where we find this psalm, we would find just a few chapters earlier in the second book of Samuel that David is committing adultery with Bathsheba and then he's plotting to have her husband Uriah killed when he discovers that she's pregnant as a result of their relationship. Or we turn to the Psalms and we turn to Psalm 51 and we read there David saying this, against you Lord, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. How are we going to reconcile these two pictures? Uh, Here in in Psalm 18, it seems almost as if David is saying that uh, he's accepted by God according to his righteousness. And yet the scriptures show to us that David was a man who knew the depths of sin. The answer, I believe, is found in verse 27, where David says there, you save the humble, but you bring low those whose eyes are haughty. So if David is boasting in what he has done and saying his relationship with God depends upon what he has done, then David says, God brings low the haughty, the proud. But God saves the humble. And that's the key to it. God saves the humble. You see, Psalm 51 is all about David being humbled before God because of his sin and his guilt. It's a psalm in which David confesses his sin. It's a psalm in which David pleads for God's mercy and for God's forgiveness. He pleads for cleansing from the guilt and stain of sin. He pleads for his sins to be hidden from the face of God. He prays that he might have a pure heart and that he might have a renewed spirit to love and to serve God. David was humble. He humbled himself before God because of his sin. And having humbled himself before God, David now says, you save the humble. His salvation is based not upon what David has done. His salvation is based upon what God has done for him as David has humbled himself before God. David has been forgiven. David has been cleansed. David's sins have been hidden from God's sight and have been covered over with the righteousness that God gives to those whose trust is in him. The righteousness that comes through faith. So that when David here says, the Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, it's the righteousness that God has given 
to him as God has saved him from his sin and forgiven him. The cleanness that David has is because God has heard his prayer to cleanse him from his sin. Uh, the uh, commitment to follow the ways of God have come in answer to David's prayer that God would not only give him a pure heart, but he would uh, renew a right spirit within him to love and to serve God. What we see here is that truly God is David's salvation. David is not his own salvation. God is his salvation. And God has saved David and dealt with him uh, as he's humbled himself before him. What we see in these verses here is David's expression of the faithful life of one who is reconciled to God, who is in the right relationship with God, knowing God's forgiveness and is seeking to live uh, in faithfulness to God. So that uh, David says in verse 25, to the faithful you show yourself faithful. David is saying here that this faithful God who has saved him, it deals with him in his faithfulness in, in his life. David, we began the service by again reading some words of David from Psalm 103. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. God deals with our sins so fully and so wonderfully and gives the gift of righteousness that like David, we can find acceptance in God's sight. When Jesus was here on earth, he, he taught the same thing. Uh, Jesus told a parable on one occasion of two men who went up to the temple to pray. One was a religious leader, who was full of his own um, self-righteousness, his own self-importance, and he prayed thanking God uh, for all the good things that he felt that he had done. And the other man was a despised tax collector, who could only hang his head in shame and beat his breast and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, that man, the man who pleaded for mercy, went home justified before God, righteous before God, not the man who boasted of himself. And that's the truth, that as we come humbly confessing our sin, that we find forgiveness and acceptance. It may be this morning that uh, you've joined in our service and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian. Maybe you think that you'll find your acceptance with God through what you do. Can we not hear the words that David would say, God is my salvation. Only as we look to God for forgiveness and for cleansing. Because Jesus was offered for our sin and he died upon a cross, that through his death we can be forgiven knowing that he has paid the price and we can be accepted and we can be declared righteous in God's sight. You know, as believers, sometimes when we look back in, on life and we reflect upon our lives, uh, so often we can be reminded of our sin and of our failure. We feel a sense of guilt and of shame as we think about the, uh, the, the mistakes that we made and the things that we did. But we need to remember that God does not deal with this as our sins deserve. If in Christ we know his forgiveness and we've been declared righteous, then God deals with this, with us, according to his faithfulness. God is a faithful and a loving God. 
And we find tremendous comfort that he always deals with us in faithfulness, in his goodness and in his kindness in the experiences of life because God is my salvation. But then thirdly, uh, David says, God is my strength. Uh, And the verses that follow on from verse 28 really reflect what David has to say. David declares that God is his strength. David faced many enemies during his life. Not only the enmity of Saul, but when he was king, the enmity of the, uh, the nations that surrounded and that came to attack. And yet David was Israel's most victorious king. But his strength for the battles came not from his own resources, but from the Lord. God is my strength. Look at verse um, 29. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Or or verse 32, uh, we read there, it is God who arms me with strength. Verse 34, he trains my hands for battle. David knew that his strength came from God. And uh, verses 37 to 45 depict the way in which God disarmed his enemies as David drew his strength from God to face the battles. Now, of course, our experiences and our enemies are very different from that of David. But they're nevertheless real. In particular, we face the battles uh, are, that come from our old sinful nature that is still within. We know that through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the guilt of our sin has been dealt with and the the power of the old nature has been broken. But we know at times that that old nature rears its head and we have to battle with it and put to death the old nature that is within and we need strength for that battle. We live in a world where we're surrounded by many temptations, many things that we see and that we hear that attack our thoughts and our minds and our hearts and cause us to be tempted uh, to sin. And we face those battles uh, as we seek to live our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We also live in a world that is becoming increasingly hostile to the Christian faith. And at times we may feel that our faith is under attack and it may be questioned and we may be ridiculed because of our faith. Paul tells us the battle we fight as Christians is not a physical battle. David's battles were physical battles. But Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. They're not physical battles that we fight. But it is against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's a spiritual battle that we fight. Yet Paul says, writing in the Ephesian letter, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. God gives us strength for the battles that we have to fight, battles against the old nature, battles against temptation, battles to live faithfully for the Lord in a world that is alien to him and opposed uh, to him, battles to seek to be faithful witnesses for uh, the Lord. These are not battles we fight alone. We fight with the Lord as our strength. We have his word that we can draw strength from, We have prayer that we can gain strength from. We have the encouragement of God's people who we look to for encouragement. And the Lord gives the strength that we need. And we, like David, can say, God is my strength. He is the strength for us to live the Christian life today. And lastly, 
David says, God is my stronghold. Um, and uh, that comes right at the beginning of the psalm, uh, at the end of verse 2, my stronghold. A stronghold is a place of security and safety. We live in a world that feels very insecure at this time, don't we? A world where we feel that the coronavirus is out there and its impact on the whole world around us and we are concerned about its impact on our own lives. We need to know that we are secure. But you know, there is a greater security we need than that from the coronavirus. It's a, it's a security that is found in God. Uh, David knew the dangers that uh, made him feel insecure, but his testimony was, God is my stronghold. Look at the way he describes God in verse 2. God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my fortress, my deliverer. God is the place of security. God is the place where David uh, feels that he is being uh, kept safe. You know, there's only one place for absolute security in this world, uh, and it is in trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in God, taking refuge in him. God is the perfect refuge. And God is our refuge. God is the stronghold of our lives as we build our lives trusting in him, taking refuge in him, but building our lives upon the truth of his word. And that verse that uh, I used at the beginning as a, as a sort of summing up to help open up this psalm, verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect, goes on to say the Lord's word is flawless. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. We can build our lives upon the truth of God's word and know that we have a sure foundation. The truth of God's word and trusting in God is the stronghold that we need to keep us safe in the uncertainties of life, the uncertainties of the world around us, the uncertainties of our own personal circumstances, the uncertainties that may surround us in our nation, the uncertainties that surround us in our world. God is the stronghold. God's word is a sure foundation for our lives. As Psalm, 50 close, as Psalm 80, 18 closes in verse 50, we find David expressing his security in God's unfailing love. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. David could have confidence about the future because of the unfailing love of God and the security that he found in the unfailing love of God. David believed that God's unfailing love would extend on to his descendants forever. David had received a promise a promise from God that God would raise up a king who would reign forever. And as we turn to the New Testament, we find that that promise is fulfilled in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. David believed that God in his unfailing love would fulfill that promise to his descendants. And in the New Testament, we see the fulfillment of that unfailing love of God, keeping his promise, keeping his word. The word of the Lord is flawless. God kept his word. He brought forth the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And for us today who can look back upon the fulfillment of that promise, 
we find our security in the truth that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to these words from Paul's letter to the Romans. Paul says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Knowing all these things, we are the more than conquerors through him who loved us. I am convinced that nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just as David, uh, speaking of God as his stronghold, reflected upon the unfailing love of God, so as we take refuge in God, as we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can trust in this unfailing love that whatever we have to face in life and in death, there is nothing that separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. No wonder David was filled with a sense of awe as he looked back on his life, as he looked back upon God as his shield and his salvation, his strength and his stronghold. No wonder David could say, as for God, his way is perfect, the word of the Lord is flawless. And as you and I look back on our lives and the Lord's dealing with us, may God help us to reflect with that same sense of awe and of thanksgiving and of wonder as we too see God is our shield, our salvation, our strength and our stronghold. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this psalm. We thank you for these wonderful truths that are reflected there as David looks back on his life and your dealings with him and the sense of awe and of wonder that caused David to say, I love the Lord my strength. Lord, help us to have that same sense of awe as we reflect and see the way that you are with us as you were with David. A shield, our salvation, our strength and our stronghold. Lord, may we know that we are secure for time and for all eternity in your unfailing love shown to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, now we're going to um, close our service as we listen to uh, a song, hymn being sung, He Will Hold Me Fast. And it again picks up on this theme of our security in the Lord Jesus Christ.
Let's come to um, a time of prayer uh, together. We're going to remember folk that are on holiday during this holiday season, particularly our two pastors, Tom and Peter, and their families. Uh, preparations for Holiday Bible Club and also um, think about the country of um, Zimbabwe, which along with many uh, other African countries is facing the threat of this, this virus. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you in the name of our Saviour, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, to bring our praise and our worship as we have done, as we have listened to your word, but also to bring our petitions to you. We pray, our Heavenly Father, at this holiday season that you will be with all within the fellowship here who may be uh, travelling, who may be visiting friends and relatives. We pray for safety and travel, but we pray also for protection from the spread of this virus. We pray also for uh, our two pastors, for Tom and Emily and the boys, for Peter and Alice and the children, that you will be with them and bless them and refresh them during this time of holiday, that when they return, they may return renewed in spirit, strength, and able to, to serve you in the work of the gospel here. We pray, our Heavenly Father, that you will um, grant your blessing upon the preparations that are being made for the Holiday Bible Club, be with Beth and uh, Peter and those who will be involved in, in that and really do pray, O oh Lord, that there will be many boys and girls who will sign up to the uh, online holiday club and uh, who will uh, hear your word and will be blessed in listening uh, to your word and in all the activities that will be planned uh, for that. We pray also that you will be with uh, uh, the um, pastors and elders and deacons as they look beyond uh, the summer weeks and look to September and uh, plan for the autumn program and uh, what may be done in terms of meeting together once more. Just pray for wisdom and guidance uh, in, in these decisions. We pray also, O oh Lord, for those parts of the world that are being badly affected by this um, coronavirus. And uh, we know there are many different countries, but uh, particularly this, this morning we want just to think of the country of Zimbabwe a country which has known such uh, need and such poverty and who is a country which is being badly affected by the impact of this virus and the lockdown. We pray particularly for your own people there in that land that you will protect them and keep them safe. Pray for their government, you'll give wisdom in managing the situation. Pray for the medical facilities which at the best of times are inadequate, that they may not be overwhelmed by uh, these events. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of knowing brothers and sisters in Christ and working with them in partnership in projects through Zimbabwe Partnership Trust. Pray your blessing upon those projects in seeking to um, improve the, uh, the well-being of uh, believers there in that country. And we pray also for the work of the college and pray that as they uh, plan on recommencing and uh, um, lectures beginning, whether they will be online or whether they'll be able to meet together, Lord, you know. But we just pray that you will bless uh, the work of the college and encourage uh, folk like Ray Motsi and Derek Jones, who we know personally 
in the work that they do as they seek to teach and train and equip uh, um, students for the work of the gospel. Father, hear our prayers then and uh, grant to us your mercy and your grace day by day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When I wanted to notice is just to share with you before we close our service. Um, firstly, to say that this evening at half past six, there will be a Zoom uh, prayer meeting and uh, that will be focusing on the fellowship at Shepherd Drive in Ipswich. Uh, do link in to the, uh, that Zoom uh, prayer meeting this evening at half past six. And then on Thursday evening, we have another Zoom prayer meeting um, where we will be focusing in on uh, Zimbabwe and the work of Zimbabwe Partnership Trust there. Do join us on Thursday evening for, for that. And then next Sunday, uh, the morning service will be on YouTube, as with this week, at half past ten, and you'll be able to pick that link up. And also in the evening, there will be a further prayer meeting at half past six, again on Zoom. Uh, do join in with those um, various meetings, and in the course of the week, take opportunity to uh, make contact with one another by phone and, and encourage one another that during this time when we're not able to meet together as we should, we may be able to continue to love and support uh, one another. Well now before we uh, close our service, we're going to uh, listen to some words from Paul's letter to the Romans as, as a closing um, prayer for our service uh, together. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. <laughs>